This is Generation Justice. I'm Bayan Jabber. And I'm Zach Milliken. Generation Justice trains youth to create media that inspires social change. The 2015 New Mexico Legislative Session came to a close yesterday. Tonight, we're dedicating this hour to sharing what came out of this year's 60-day legislative session. We are joined this evening by Patrick Davis, Executive Director and Journalist from Progress Now New Mexico, and Adrian Carver, Co-Director from the New Mexico Youth Alliance at the New Mexico Forum for Youth in Community. We'll also be sharing our weekly community calendar with some awesome music prepared by Alma Olvaria Gallegos. We go right into this important conversation about the legislative session with Cristina Rodriguez, Generation Justice Fellow, who will moderate tonight's discussion. This is Christina Rodriguez, and tonight we're talking about some of the outcomes from our 2015 New Mexico Legislative Session, which just ended yesterday. I'm with Adrian Carver, co-director of the New Mexico Youth Alliance at the Forum for Youth and Community, and Patrick Davis, journalist and executive director of Progress Now New Mexico. Welcome to Generation Justice, and thank you for joining us in the studio tonight. Thanks, Christina. Thanks so much. To start off, can each of you explain your involvement in following the 2015 legislative session? Yeah, so uh, for the New Mexico Forum for Youth and Community, uh, what we did is uh, we worked on a number of issues uh, that were identified by young people all across the state at our Organizing Youth Engagement Conference last year. Um, there were 11 issues that we followed. There, in, in, It ranges from anything from bullying, teen pregnancy, substance abuse, mental health, uh, LGBTQ discrimination, education issues, uh, commercial tobacco prevention. So there's a number of, of issues that we followed this year. Um, and, and our job, our role at the New Mexico Forum for Youth is to get young people and insert them into the process. And so we worked really hard to, to get young people out and into committee hearings. And, and uh, we were really excited by the number of, uh, and the amount of energy that young people showed during this legislative session. Yeah, and a lot like Adrian, at Progress Now New Mexico, uh, we don't carry any particular legislation. Our job is, is we, we sort of bill ourselves as a state sort of progressive headquarters, right? We bring uh, New Mexico's progressive community to, to bills that uh, need a little help or bills that are uh, front and center of the debate. So for us, we spent a lot of time this session uh, working with uh, working family uh, coalitions to stop right-to-work legislation, which I know we're going to talk about in just a little bit helping the Drug Policy Alliance and some of our uh, minority community advocates working on marijuana policy. Immigration policy was huge again this year when we finally got uh, a, a, a bipartisan balance compromise uh, on driver's licenses. Uh, so for us, it was pushing that uh, progressive agenda. And for the first time, that was really hard with the new Republican control in the legislature. And I know we'll talk some more about those themes later on tonight, but first, can we talk about how was this 2015 legislative session different from previous sessions? Yeah, this was this was an interesting session, uh, I, I think, because of the, the change in power in the House of Representatives that everybody, the legislators, the staff, the uh, advocates, the community organizations and, and community members, a lot of what the session was about was learning how the new dynamic was going to impact uh, the way that everything worked. Um, it, it was a lot of legislators learning, the, the Republican majority in the House learning how to govern, 
um, the the minority in the house learning how to interact just with the the new dynamic. And um, it, it took a while. It took uh, a couple of weeks for for everybody to kind of find the bathrooms and to to figure out how the copiers work and and all of that type of stuff. So uh, this session really was all about um, that that changing dynamic. Well, and, and I'll say, you know, from, from our perspective at Progress Now, it, this was the most partisan session I think anybody's seen in a long time. Somebody, one of the reporters tweeted the other day uh, that the way you sum this session up is each side said it's the other guy's fault. Um, every vote, uh, everyone came into this session saying we have to focus on jobs. We still are not doing enough there. We're going to focus on education. The Bipartisan Jobs Council um, that had a plan to create 60,000 jobs was a hot topic coming into this session. Uh, but before the new Republican majority sort of wanted to talk about that, they wanted to do some some more partisan issues. And the way they decided to do that set up a dynamic where it said Republicans want to do this and put de- Democrats on the defense um, and that really defined the session. So, you know, as an example, we saw uh, bills that that would have uh, provide that would have sent doctors to jail for providing abortion uh, advice to young women in New Mexico. Um, even in the case of rape and incest, um, some of the pro- country's most profitable corporations um, could have made even more money by paying New Mexicans less in a bill that Republicans uh, were content on on getting through. Um, and even new bills that we really haven't seen had momentum are like national parks and public lands, um, turning those over to the state so they could be leased for oil and gas. All of those things took priority for, for a new legislature in a, that was trying to still figure out how to govern. And so it set up a dynamic that, that really said um, put the two parties really at opposite sides from each other from the very beginning. And as a result, we get the fewest number of bills through that anybody can remember in the last decade. And Patrick, I know you've been covering a lot of those legislative session issues for Progress Now New Mexico. So can you talk a little bit about what those themes that you noticed were? Well, yeah. So again, the very first thing that everyone uh, was really focused on is something called right to work, Mm -hmm. which is uh, sort of, by my perspective, uh, a poorly named uh, nature of a bill because it's not really about right to work. It's a bill that says uh, that corporations can pay people different amounts of money in the same pay grade. Um, so long as the company can make more money. Uh, And so unions particularly have been fighting this a long time. Uh, You want to know, saying that as a union, unions want to know that they can set the standards for people in those jobs. If you're a plumber or a firefighter or a police officer, you want to know that somebody who's doing that job for you, coming to help you in public safety jobs, has the training and the experience and they're ready to go. Um, And But these types of laws undermine that. They let they prevent unions from organizing people uh, effectively in certain jobs classifications. It lets employers pay, like we said, workers different amounts of money for doing the same job and in some cases maybe not let them know uh, that they're being paid less, uh, a fight that women have been having for years and continue to have still here in New Mexico. Uh, so that was a huge issue, and it's one that, again, dominated because it set up unions who brought in lots of people, lots of workers who spent hours testifying against this and asking legislators not to pass this bill. Um, and yet they did it anyway. Um, and then Republicans followed that by uh, pushing the Texas-style abortion bans from the legislature uh, in the Senate. That didn't pass, and so the ones in the House uh, rewrote the bill and passed it in the, the, the House again. So time and time again we saw that. There were some proactive measures, however, from the progressive side that particularly groups like Adrian's worked on, which are expanding voting rights, which was a real fight this year. Uh, up against uh, some of the new organizing in the legislature. And again, marijuana worked well. There were some proactive efforts uh, to 
put more money in local control in schools that that were fought hard and ultimately failed. So for us, it was not a progressive win in the legislature this year and really just sort of ended in a tie and everybody said, okay, the clock's run out. We're just going to go home. I think something really important that you mentioned was the the right to work really dominated this conversation we were talking about our legislation in our legislation and is that a national trend? Where does that come from? Oh, yeah, it's a national trend. It, right, right to work legislation is something that, that major corporations, uh, political folks know the group named ALEC, which is a group of national, some of the country's most profitable corporations who get together with legislators and write bills that benefit corporate businesses. Um, there are at least 30 members of New Mexico's legislature who are all Republicans who are members of ALEC and push those corporate legislation. Uh, the Koch brothers that a lot of uh, politically active people know on the right uh, are very much in favor of this. And we've seen this happen, particularly in poorer states, uh, where eight of the 10 poorest states in the country, in, in terms of how much money people make when they get home at the end of a Friday and get their paycheck, have a right to work bills. And it's because corporations can spend less money paying employees for the work that they do that builds the, the company's profits and can put more money into the 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 compensation packages for CEOs and shareholders. Uh, it's something that we've seen more prominent now than ever before as Republicans are taking over state legislatures, and New Mexico was no different, with the exception that uh, we were the only state so far that's pushed that back, uh, which now has the governor and Republicans only promising to, to fight again, even harder again for it next year. So we're not done with that yet, but it is really the the legislative sort of enactment of this 99%, 1% occupied movement that we've seen, where the 1% are continuing wanting to take more, and 99% of us who actually work for a living um, are saying, wait a minute, we need to be a part of this process. I think a lot of important legislation was discussed that decides our involvement in this process as well. And Adrian, do you want to talk a little bit about what changes happened during this process that might affect how we vote? Yeah, so so there were a number of pieces of legislation that had to do with modernizing our our election system here in New Mexico, and and there were some pretty good wins. Uh, we we there's a bill on the governor's desk that would uh, allow online voter registration. Um, it it allows the secretary of state to to jump into a system called Eric the electronic. Registration info system, uh, info center, uh, which would help um, the Secretary of State to figure out when people move in and out of this state and and to contact them to get them registered to vote. Uh, there were a couple of really cool things that that we worked on um, that unfortunately didn't get passed. One of those being uh, allow a piece of legislation that would allow 16 and 17 year olds to participate in school elections. So that would be to to vote for school board um, or for school bond issues. Um, so, so there, I think I see these these election issues as as a move for us to modernize our election system to allow community members to have a voice in in our, our government and the way that our, our government runs. And I, I think we can look to some really important examples of things happening nationally. And that we many people know about the big win that happened in uh, Oregon, where they have automatic voter registration. So as as soon as you turn eighteen. Um, you're registered to vote and you can participate in, in an election. And I think that's that's one of the goals that, that we should work towards here in New Mexico. And, and some of these these things that we did this session are, are a path towards that. 
I think that's really crucial too, especially because that encourages youth civic engagement right from the start, right from the get-go. And this legislation impacts their lives as well. And I know at New Mexico Forum, you've been following a lot of that legislation. So what legislation impacts youth here in New Mexico? Well, you know, all of it. Um, young people are members of the community just like anybody else. Um, and, and, and so when there are pieces of legislation that have to do with uh, corporate tax breaks or um, abortion bans or some of these, these other things that we're, we're trying to get slipped under the rug, um, those all affect young people. Every issue is, is an issue for a young person in this state. Um, and, and so that's why it's important that um, organizations and, and young people and community members get out and, and, and participate in the process. Um, there, there were a number of things um, like the, the driver's license debate that happened, um, and, and that impacts young people's families, that impacts um, young people's uh, families' economies. And, and so there's, everything has to do with, with young people. But uh, and you know, from our perspective, I think Adrian's right. It's all of those things that that did or did pass will impact young people. Mm-hmm. But it's also things about if you want to work, if you're interested in raising the minimum wage, if you're interested in job creation packages that languished on the, and died on the table, if you care about the behavioral health projects uh, that lost money last year that the Senate spent time trying to restore funding and process for. Uh, you have to be mad. You have to be mad that legislators went to the Santa Fe this time and new leaders in the legislature went there and decided to play politics and put their election issues first. There was no chance when they walked into the floor uh, on the first day of the session that they were going to pass an abortion ban in New Mexico because they don't have the votes in the Senate and never did. There was no chance, there was little chance that they were going to pass this right to work legislation uh, in a way that would ever impact New Mexico because just 6% of our population are unionized, of our workers are unionized. But instead, they spent seven of eight weeks in the session dealing with issues that were only good for making campaign commercials. And so you have to be mad and say, where's the minimum wage rate? Where's the, the investment in education? Where's the investment in tribal communities? And that's equally as important to us as what they did do is what they didn't. Thank you for that, Patrick. And as well as I think so much happened in those last final hours of the legislative session. Do you want to talk a little bit about that for us? Sure. I mean, you're exactly right. So after all of those bills passed, right, more than 1,500 or so, Adrian and I were trying to count them earlier, uh, introduced this year, the fewest number ever uh, that actually made any movement. But the biggest impact that the legislature usually has on most communities happens in the last week or so over what's called capital outlay, which is the way we spend extra money. So it's the way we build new schools. It's the way we invest in scholarship programs in universities and colleges. It's the way we build roads and senior centers and all those things. And so what normally happens is that there's a pot of money and the governor gets a third, the House of Representatives gets a third, and the Senate gets a third. And for seven weeks, we went through Uh, making the assumption that that was going to happen and working on that bill. And at the last second, uh, Republican, the Senate passed that package and everybody agreed. And Republican leaders in the House pulled a Movita and said, nope, never mind. We're going to pull $40 million out of this budget and turn it and give it over to the governor on a credit card to buy, to build more roads. And I think the, the Las Cruces Sun News put it really well and said it's not just roads for all of New Mexico. Most of those were in southern and southeast New Mexico, uh, where the majority of her campaign donations and political 
uh, promises were made. And communities like Zuni, who lost access to senior centers, and UNM that lost a program. If you're here, we're on the UNM campus today. Uh, the physics and astronomy building was going to get a $1.5 million upgrade. If you've been in that building, it needs it. Um, if we want to attract science and STEM students to, to UNM, we need to invest in those things. The legislature had agreed to do $1.5 million into that building, and the Republicans just cut it out and gave it to the governor and said, here, go build a road with it. Um, we ought to be upset about the, fa- the way they did that. Um, but $11 million from tribal communities, $8 million from senior centers, seniors who get one meal a day and they only get it from that place, um, don't not yet know that when they show up on July 1st, they're not going to have their regular meal. That's a real concern. Um, and that's something that really um, I, I don't think we're I don't think we can can excuse um, without some serious hard questions over the next couple of months. Do you have anything to add to that, Adrian? No, I, you know, I think I think uh, Pat summed it up really well that um and and you asked the the question what what are some of the themes and and i think that a lot of people who were up at the legislature this year were one of those themes was that of frustration um that the the process of the capital outlay really highlighted uh the the way that um the this um this meltdown happened is was just a a collision of the two parties and and everything it seems was done for uh, political reasons and 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 so that there was nothing that was really accomplished that would improve the dismal rank for youth and young people um in that the way that we're ranked nationally and and there was very little that was done to address poverty or income inequality or even racial disparities. So it, that the, the capital outlay um, issue really does highlight the, the dysfunction. I think that's really important. We have a lot of poverty issues here in New Mexico, and as well as a lot of happening with our mental health and our behavioral health crisis here. And did anything pass or not pass regarding mental health here in New Mexico? Yeah, there were, there were a couple pieces of legislation that were... Um, that that impact mental health and behavioral health. Um, one of those being the Carlos V. Hill Bullying Act that I know that we'll talk a little bit more about, but um, that will establish a five-member board for um, uh, uh, to oversee grant applications for bullying programs, and and that's really important for young people, and and um, it's a it's a great opportunity. So hopefully that's something that the governor will sign. Um, there's another piece of legislation that would allow uh, for the freedom of choice of a mental health counselor and a therapist within um, the scope of their their health insurance, and um, I, I think that that's one of one of the pieces of legislation um, in this whole conversation about behavioral health and mental health that um, is is uh, it, it that 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 conversation is important, and so um, there there was a couple of things that were done um, that that helped us have that conversation. But I, I think, again, it, it goes back to that theme of um, everything felt pretty stagnant and, and uh, it didn't, it, there, there just was not a whole lot that was accomplished. You know, we have to remember the, the behavioral health crisis that we're now trying to solve uh, goes back a couple of years. And it's important to understand where that all came from. Uh, you know, the state spends, New Mexico's long since lacked in, in providing real behavioral health services, right? I, as we were talking about before the show, I was a police officer for almost a decade. Um, and the challenges we had as officers on the street dealing with people in crisis, um, we knew there was a problem and the public is coming, has known that for a while, but the shootings at APD have really put a personal spin on it. And 
we've really had a failure to address it. We didn't do ourselves any favor uh, when the administration decided to to conduct a secret audit of behavioral health providers and then cut 30,000 patients off and lock them out of their doctor's offices and treatment centers last summer. And it took them a while to get Arizona providers here who don't know New Mexico and don't know New Mexicans. Uh, and now we're seeing those providers leave, and there's not a backstop solution. What's really frustrating, and, and as Adrian pointed out, we are moving bills forward to try to address pieces of this. But the wholesale problem that the Senate, uh, Pat, Senator Mary Kay Papen sponsored a bill that just didn't quite get done yet that needs to, uh, that would have given those behavioral health providers the ability to see what uh, some due process before they, they cut those patients off. And it's not, as much about protecting those jobs as it is about protecting those patients. And that's a real important way when we think about what government does. There's a moral obligation we have to people who come to us for services. When we pay our taxes, we are doing that to protect people and help people who can't. And when we just cut them off, uh, without a backstop solution or without good cause, we end up in a situation like this where we're having to piecemeal build a new system together, and we're not doing a good job of it. We didn't do a good job before. We didn't do ourselves any favors now. Um, and so it's an issue that I'm really concerned the rest of us are going to be dealing with on a local level for a really long time because the state hasn't been able to do it. And they couldn't do it in the legislative session, and they're not going to have a chance for another year. So we have to ask, what are we going to do now? Exactly. Again, I want to thank you, Adrian and Patrick, for being in the studio with us tonight. And we're going to talk more about those concerns and that frustration and what we can do about it in a little bit. But before we continue that conversation, I'm going to throw it back to our hosts, Maya and I mean, Bayan and Zach. Thank you to Patrick Davis of Progress Now New Mexico and Adrian Carver of the New Mexico Forum for that engaging discussion. We'll be back with more from our guests after this song. Hello. This first song is El Aguante by Calle 13. The lead singer, Residente, talks about how we have endured so much, even new laws that we may not like. I find this song strangely inspirational as I think about how much humans can endure, and yet we still find reasons to love and ways to progress. Welcome back to Generation Justice. I'm Zach Milliken. And I'm Bayan Jabber. Tonight, it's all about the 2015 New Mexico Legislative Session. To hear more about what came out of this year's session and what we should expect moving forward, here's Christina Rodriguez with tonight's guests, Adrian Carver from the New Mexico Forum and Patrick Davis from Progress Now New Mexico. Hello, and welcome back to our panel tonight. I'm Christina Rodriguez, as Zach just said, and I'm here with Adrian Carver, co-director of the New Mexico Youth Alliance at the Forum for Youth and Community, and Patrick Davis, journalist and executive director of Progress Now New Mexico. And coming back to this conversation, at this point, after the session is over, the bills are going to the governor's desk. And what are some of those bills that we should be concerned about and keeping our eyes on? Yeah, there's a, there's a number of bills that I think are really important. Um, one of those I'd like to talk about is the online voter registration. 
uh, we, the, like I said a little bit earlier, this is uh, a move for us to, to modernize our election system. And, and this is a, a really important thing for young people and all community members here in New Mexico uh, because it, it allows, um, it, it's an expansion of our rights to, to participate in our government and allows for um, young people and community members to register to vote online. Um, and, and, and in things like school board elections or just general uh, municipal elections or anything, um, when we are able to increase the number of people who are registered to vote, uh, we hope that they will begin voting and, and they will participate in, in our communities through elections. And, and that's important for having good and better government. And so I, I, I am really excited about, about that bill. Um, and, and there's, you know, there's a number of other things. Uh, the, there, there's uh, s- some small things that, uh, well, they're, I mean, they're not small, but they're, they're just cool things that I don't think that many people knew were going to come out of this session, uh, like providing licenses uh, for um, the growth of industrial hemp for commercial purposes and, and for research. Um, that's on the governor's desk. Uh, there is the, I mentioned earlier, the Carlos V. Hill Bullying Act, um, and that's really important. Uh, bullying has been uh, one of those issues that the, the forum follows and um, has been identified by uh, young people in this state. And so that's, that's a really cool piece of legislation um, that, that we hope gets signed. Um, and, and, you know, there's there's another one that I think is really cool, and that's kind of the nerdy uh, the nerdy person in me about government, but it's, it's also about um, making sure that we have better government, and that's uh, to require copies of state contracts, um, including the things like the costs or who won a bid for a state contract, um, to require that all those things be listed on the state sunshine portal. And, and I just think that's uh, when we create more transparency in our government, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, and Adrian's right. I mean, there's there were a, a handful of small bills. I mean, I think most people are surprised to learn that there's a bill on the governor's desk that would allow for home delivery of beer and wine. So you can call Golden Pride and order a number six and a six-pack, and they can bring it to you. I think that's a really cool bill um, that addresses a lot of issues in New Mexico that the governor has the opportunity to sign that people would probably be mostly supportive of. Um, there, but there are other things, um, some basic cleanup things, like there's a body art modification board now. Uh where now uh, tattoo artists in New Mexico are regulated by barbers and cosmetologists. Uh, there's so much difference in the work they do that the state is moving now uh, to support that growing entrepreneurial industry that they're building their own board to be sure that they have their own voice and their own advocates and their own rules. But I think what you're hearing more and more is you don't hear anything really substantive. There's nothing really big. There's nothing game-changing sitting on the governor's desk that's going to add 10,000 jobs, uh, register 100,000 more voters, or do something really big. So what po- people are really talking about are these these sort of smaller technical changes that impact small communities. They can have a big impact uh, coupled together. Uh, you know, one example, for instance, extends the solar tax credit in New Mexico. The governor is now in a weird spot because uh, tax credits for solar installations in New Mexico are set to expire and begin to diminish just as our solar industry is catching up. Uh, a Republican actually sponsored that bill, um, and she had a really f- tough fight to get that through her own house controlled by uh, pro-oil and gas Republicans. So which side of that Republican fight the governor chooses to be on, whether she signs that bill or not, are going to have a big difference in New Mexico's economy. And now that the session's over, what happens at this point? What can we do to still be involved? First and foremost, don't 
the session's not done. Uh, so the legislators went home, but the governor still has between now and the middle of April uh, to to veto legislation. And, and Adrian can talk a lot about organizing people to do that and to contact the governor because uh, they do pay a whole lot of attention to the number of people who contact. Because when you see these emails or alerts that say, call 42 senators, um, those messages get diluted. But when everybody says, call the governor, that's one person we all vote for, or she's paying attention, those names and numbers and messages add up. But the other piece is that the next legislative session has just started. So if you missed the 2015 legislative session and you're mad about something that happened or didn't happen more likely, get involved now because starting in April, those same legislative committees are going to start to meet to write the bills that become the debates in the next session. So if you care about education, if you care about marijuana policy, if you care about abortion, find a legislator who's working on that issue, find an advocacy organization, and get with them because you'll have a chance to actually write that bill. You'll have a chance to go testify about it. Uh, And really those conversations that you have in May and April, one-on-one with a legislator at a committee when most folks aren't happening, are the places where those stories really make the most difference. Yeah, actually, this is one of uh, my favorite times of year uh, in in advocacy work because uh, it's it's the point where we can have a whole lot of impact. There, the the scale of the impact that we can make right now, just because there is one person that we need to be talking to, um, is a lot larger than it is during the rest of the year. Um, and we're, as Pat said, we're beginning to to think about things like the interim committees and. Um, we, we talked a little bit earlier about how how that's kind of one of the times where sausage is made and, and the 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 real work uh, on a piece of legislation goes in during um, during interim committees. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm really excited about how we can continue to get community members and young people in, involved in this process because um, you know as as community members we have to um, it is our duty to participate and um, we we need to take that and and to leverage that the power of having a, a very accessible uh, legislature and state government uh, we need to take that power as community members and own that and and use that so that we can begin to fight for um, things that would increase uh, our um, our ranking with the Annie E. Casey Foundation um, uh, for child well-being. Um, you know, 49th in, in on that ranking is not good enough. And um, I, I think that the as New Mexicans and people who live in our communities, we know that we are we're often at the top of all the bad lists and at the bottom of all the good lists. And um, when we can leverage the the access that we have as community members to our state government and and to to put in that work during the interim session, um, we we can increase those those uh, ratings. And so this is a really important time of year. And so as Pat said, I, I recommend to anybody. Um, who is interested in in getting involved with an issue or um, just a general movement than to to get in, get involved with one of the organizations that have been out there doing work? I think it's become really apparent apparent that students and young people want a change in education and want a change from their legislation and want to have their voices heard. And I think we've seen a lot of that with the park walkouts lately. And can we talk about what kind of impact that might have had? I just, I thought that was one of the coolest things in the world. I I, I wasn't I, I was in out of state, um, but so I got to 
to watch the way that all of these students, this this student movement that I don't think we've, I, I don't know the number of years, but it seems like at least in my lifetime that there has never been a student movement this large. And so that was really cool to, to see that happening um, from an outside perspective. And I know that um, the, the New Mexico Forum for Youth and, and uh, other organizations like the Southwest Organizing Project and um, other community organizations um, really stood next to the young people who led this process. And um, that, I, I think, Pat will kind of talk about a little bit how that, that really changed the dynamic of the, the legislative session. And it, I just think it was incredibly important to see that energy and, and, to, and to observe how that impacted the, the legislature. Yeah, well, and, and you were, Adrian, you were watching for about a state, and we were there at the Roundhouse when, you know, here we go on a Wednesday, I think a Wednesday afternoon, 200 students from Capitol High School who were supposed to be in school suddenly showed up at the legislature, and in politics, timing matters a lot. As it happened, there was an education committee meeting, and those students showed up and said, we just tried to take this test, the practice test, and it's not ready, and it's asking us for questions, questions that, that we're going to be graded for graduation on that we've never seen before. And you saw members of the education committee walk out of committee and talk to those students in the hallway, and it totally changed the dynamic of the way the legislature was talking about education. Uh, the Senate was looking at confirming Hannah Scandera as the public education secretary. This became a huge theme of that with students sitting in the background and legislators watching Twitter in committee and on the floor stood up and said on the floor of the House and the Senate, I'm looking at students in my district at Albuquerque High School or in Gadsden or in Las Cruces. In Roswell, we put a video up of Roswell students walking out, and we had Republican members from Roswell on the floor watching that happen live on Twitter and having a conversation about it. That has not happened in New Mexico's legislature in 100 and some odd years, and it really did define the way that conversation went. I think that's going to be incredibly informative to see how those legislators plug back into those students now because they clearly have not gone away. Their parents haven't gone away. I think in this session, we've all been really surprised by what direction our conversation is heading in. And this session, they had House Bill 249, which was introduced by Representative Javier Martinez from District 11. And that would allow 16 and 17 year olds to vote in their school board elections. And I just think that's shocking because with there's only a 3.7% turnout to school board elections. And this legislation would potentially open up those elections to 50,000 new voters. And that's the students themselves making the decisions about their education. And the bill was approved 7-2 to two by the School Election and Indian Affairs Committee, but it got stuck in the Judiciary Committee where it was tabled. But if that legislation had passed or if it passes in the future, how would that change the traje trajectory of like, the entire state of New Mexico? Yeah, so this is a this is a really interesting and and for me it's a very exciting piece of legislation um, to allow the people who are most impacted by decisions that a school board might make um, they're directly impacted to allow them to have a voice in um, in 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 how that system runs I think is just incredibly important um, that when we empower ourselves as community members um, we. We hope that there will be more people voting in school board elections. Um, the you know, 16-year-olds are already given a, a huge amount of responsibility. I, I mean, you can drive a car. Um, a car can be a deadly machine. And, and so if young people are allowed to make life-and-death decisions, um, they should be allowed to vote for a school board, especially when 
the rest of the community does not. Um, so it's, it's just important to the way that we are, are thinking about our community and the way that we participate. And if we can get young people to, uh, to, to train them at an early age to participate in elections, um, I think we'll, we'll create generations of lifelong, uh, civically engaged voters. And, and that, I, I think that's a game changer for, for this state because we can, we, we'll be, uh, it'll be better government. We'll, we'll have the ability to hold people accountable and, and we need to um, own and take that power as, as young people and community members. We need, uh, we need to take that and, and use the powers that we have. Yeah, I'm- you know, I look at it from a practical standpoint. Uh, at Progress Now, we've worked on uh, protecting the anti, uh, opposing the abortion, abortion ban a couple of years ago, uh, pro marijuana legislation in, uh, last year. What we saw in the Albuquerque example was that young people made the difference in stopping that abortion ban. But the difference between the October election when we elected city councilors and a mayor and the November election when most of the city turned out to vote in that abortion election. The number of people under the, the number of voters between 18 and 35, mostly young, and I think 35 gets to be young now because I am, um, 18 to 35 doubled for the people that turned out for that. So they didn't, they weren't ready or didn't want to engage in this partisan politics about politicians, but they wanted to vote on that issue. And that they made the difference there. The same thing happened here in Albuquerque and in Bernalillo County around the marijuana decriminalization vote. Uh, we registered 500 students across UNM and CNM campuses and a handful at Albuquerque High School and, and, and Highlands and others who were 18 years old and voting. And they turned out and stood in line two hours at the polls, some of them, most of them, for the first time ever, because that issue made a difference to them. And turn around and look that the marijuana issue got more votes than Susana Martinez, who won on an historic Republican turnout. We can make a big difference. We just have to get everybody plugged in. And so as President Obama started a conversation this week about universal voting and requiring everybody to vote, Oregon, as as he said, as Adrian said, is now automatically registering people. It makes what we're talking about doing, like just letting 16 and 17 year olds vote in school boards, look pretty, um, pretty basic. And I think it's 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 apparent that here in New Mexico, we are frustrated and we're concerned about what we can do and how we can get involved. And do you have a message to New Mexicans about what we can do, what we can look forward to. Yeah, I mean, don't don't give up, right? I, I get frustrated at politics. That's why what we do is what we do. Um, but we have become more engaged about issues and become more engaged online. We're seeing the biggest growth of the number of people. Uh, we sponsor the New Mexico, we, we publish the New Mexico Political Report. We have a team of reporters at the legislature this year uh, reporting on what happened. And what we saw is we had more readers under the age of 35 than we did older, and yet those people don't vote, but they're starting to plug in. So we all go around as we look through cat videos and everything else online. It's what I spend half my day to plan on. But when I see something cool and upworthy or I see something cool from a group like ours at Progress Now or Generation Justice or the Youth Forum, sharing that and adding a comment makes a difference because what we know is as a campaign operative, I can make a thousand phone calls to random people I've never met and I can get a couple of hundred of them to have a conversation with me. But if I can get – if you spread something that matters to you, to your friends and start talking to them about it, it spreads. Um, And so – Politics can be local, but it's also viral, and that's we know Obama learned that early. We learned that from these last elections. Um, so get started there. Find something you care about, um, and write letters. I mean, pay attention and, and share that information. 
Yeah, you know, this, I, I mean, if, if I had a message, I mean, it's it's not all doom and gloom. There um, there, there was a lot of uh, unfortunate, um, it, it felt very stagnant at the legislature this year. Um, and, and that, that can get frustrating and, but there, there was a lot of hard work that was put in by the legislators and community organizations to, to stop some harmful things from, from passing and, 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 um, and becoming law here in New Mexico. And so, you know, while there was nothing done to improve our rankings for children and young people, and, and there was nothing done, uh, thinking about poverty or race inequality, um, or racial disparities, uh, you know, I, I think my message really has to be that we have to get involved. We have to, we have to, um, to, to take that frustration and get mad about it and, and then use that in a way that we can, uh, create progress and, and to make sure that we are holding elected officials accountable, um, to, to playing politics and, and putting politics above our families. Um, so, you know, it's, it's our job now to take, uh, take all of that and, and to run with it and to, to make sure that we, as community members and, and as young people, we get involved with the process. Yeah, Adrian's right. I mean, it's not that nothing got nothing was done on minimum wage or jobs or anything else. Those bills were introduced. Progressive champions introduced them across the board in both houses. But the difference was uh, Republicans chose, the Republican leaders in this case uh, in the House, chose to p- carry the bills or move forward the bills of the constituencies that had them, that were loudest, who had voted for them, who had the biggest organization, who turned out the most tweets, who made the most phone calls. And so if you're mad about it, get mad. But get mad and send a message. Tweet about it, call about it, do something, and help us build the next section of law. If you want to help write that next bill, if you care about it, help us carry it through. Um, it really can make a difference. Uh, one or two people who are really loud and vocal make a big difference in New Mexico. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Adrian and Patrick, for joining us in the studio today. I think the work that you do and just by the way you speak, it's so passionate and it's so important for us here in New Mexico. And whether it's amplifying voices that need to be heard or helping us deconstruct what is actually going on in our state. And it's been an honor speaking with you both, and thanks for having that conversation with us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Now back to our hosts, Bayan and Zach. Thank you to Patrick Davis of Progress Now New Mexico and Adrian Carver from the New Mexico Forum for informing us about those important bills that were introduced. That's for for sure. Thank you again, Patrick and Adrian. It definitely was a very insightful conversation. Now throwing it to Alma with the next great music choice. Thanks, Bayan. The next song I have for you is Changes by Tupac. In this song, Tupac addressed issues like police brutality, institutionalized racism, and the high rates of of incarceration of black people. Although the song was released in 1998, it is still relevant today. Just this week, a black college student was beaten bloody by police, and a man from Mississippi was found lynched. After listening to today's discussion about the legislation, I've been thinking about how New Mexico is a minority-majority state, and how a lot of New Mexico and a lot of this legislation is tied to institutionalized racism. This song, Changes, really echoes Patrick and Adrian's message about the necessity of people to go out and advocate for their rights and actually make changes. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. 
gotta make yeah. a change. It's time for us as a people to start making some changes. Let's change the way we eat. Let's change the way we Up next is our weekly community calendar. Here's our wonderful calendar hosts, Maya Quinones and Derek Toledo. Welcome to this week's community calendar. I'm Maya Quinones. And I'm Derek Toledo. We've got tons of events coming up this week. Let's get started. Derek, tell us what's up. Here's what's up. This month of March is the 30 days of Culture Strong. Follow the hashtag GJCultureStrong to check out the incredible impact that ethnic studies has had on our community. While we are celebrating culture, be sure to check out the Native American Fashion Show on March 26th. This will be held at the UNM Continuing Education Building at 6 p.m. That sounds fun. Hey, Maya, what are you doing on April 11th at around 7.30 a.m.? Probably sleeping. Why? Well, you shouldn't be sleeping. You should be at the UNM Johnson Field for the 2015 Sidekick Stroll. You can participate in the 5K Fun Run or the two-mile walk. And it's all ages, so make sure you bring the whole fam. I'll definitely set my alarm for this one. This event will support American Indian Student Services and their Sidekicks Mentorship Program. And don't forget, online registration closes on Tuesday, April 7th. Look on the UNM American Indian Student Services website for more information. Hey Derek, I'm really craving some Greek food these days. Oh really? You might want to head over to the 2015 International Festival on Thursday, April 16th. I'm down. Where at? It's at the East Sub Mall at UNM. For more information, contact the UNM Global Education Office at 505-277-4032. And after parting it up at the International Festival, you can walk it off at the New Mexico Walk for Wolves. Ooh. I agree, Derek. You can join Derek and the rest of the pack at Tigway Park on April 25th. This is also a family event, so you can bring the pups along and they can meet super totally cool real-life wolves at the event. Wait, did you say April 25th? Yes, I did. Prepare for a busy day, folks. Because on the same day, from 1 to 4 p.m., the Next Generation Conservationist Career Fair will be happening at the Valle de Oro National Wildlife Refuge. You'll have the chance to meet over 30 conservationists who are interested in employing and developing the next generation of conservationists. There will be lots of local businesses and nonprofit organizations there to spread the knowledge. For more information, you can contact Lori Wern at 505-281-1133. Thanks for all the information, Maya. There's a lot of great activities coming up. Well, that's it for... Wait, we still have one last announcement. New Mexico Public Allies are accepting applications to their 10-month leadership development program. The program starts in the fall, and applications are being accepted at publicallies.org. That's it for this week's... Wait, wait, I have a thought. Um, yeah, we forgot one. There will be one more. There will be a webinar coming up Tuesday from 5 to 6.30 p.m. The webinar will be about the recent walkouts in New Mexico and how young people of color are fighting corporate testing in public schools. You can follow the hashtag OurEducation on Twitter if you want to join in. If you have any more questions, contact the South by Southwest Experiment at info at sxswexp.org. I think that's it for calendar this week, right, Derek Toledo? Yeah, my canyones, we out. Now back to our music host, Alma Olavaria Gallegos. Thank you, Maya. Um, Los Racas is one of my favorite bands. And now for you all, I'm going to be playing their song, Hablamos del Amor. In this song, Rakadun and Rakariko went to the studio after hearing about the death and terror all around them. One of their friends had just been killed, and Trayvon Martin and Oscar Grant had, rec had recently died too. So they wrote this song to inspire hope 
and love in people. We have reached the end of tonight's program. Thank you all for joining us this evening as we talked about what happened during the 2015 legislative session in New Mexico. We'd like to thank Patrick Davis, Executive Director and Journalist from Progress Now New Mexico, and Adrian Carver, Co-Director from the New Mexico Youth Alliance at the New Mexico Forum for Youth and Community, for providing us with important information on the 2015 legislative wrap-up. Thank you to Christina Rodriguez for guiding that discussion. Also, shout out to our calendar hosts, Maya Quinones, and Derek Toledo. Huge thanks to our engineer, Camarea Umi, and our music host, Alma Olavarea Gallegos. Production assistance came from Chantel Trujillo, George Luna Pena, Melissa Harris, and Roberto Rael. And last but certainly not least, much appreciation to all of our youth media makers here at Generation Justice. We couldn't do what we do without you. Stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to all of our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and much, much more. Our podcasts are now available on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe. We're also active on social media, so please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the McCune Foundation and, of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting a website and clicking Donate. I'm Zach Milliken. And I'm Bayan Jabber. Coming up next on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned. See you next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Here's Alma with our last song. Laters. Thank you, Zach. Um, so this next song is going to be Ghosts by Ibe. And Ibe is a group composed of two French-Cuban twin sisters. After that, we'll have a piece by Andrea Gibson called Say Yes. And then for all of the youth out there who I know are listening, we're going to be playing a song from J. Cole's new album, Apparently. And then... To wrap it up, we're going to end with Chance the Rapper's um, Wonderful Every Day as a throwback to our past. So thank you all for listening, and um, stay tuned in Generation Justice. Bye. Nothing seems to be moving. Spare those intent on proving God is dead. For you and your fingers are...